Hello and welcome to Build Momentum, where we make PR easy for education organizations. We're so glad you're joining us today. We couldn't be more excited to dive in and help education organizations achieve bigger results with PR. In this podcast, our goal is to make PR easy for nonprofits, startups, research institutes, and schools. You can count on learning how to develop simple, replicable PR strategies and how to execute on those strategies. I'm your host, Sarah Williamson, and I've spent the past 15 years working in public relations where I've been able to understand what works and what doesn't when it comes to PR and how to land results that build your credibility. I will share my tips for success and interview others who have done the same to provide you with a PR framework that you can use within your own organizations. If you're looking to increase brand awareness, to enhance your profile and stand out from the crowd, and you want to learn simple, actionable strategies to do it, you're in the right place. If you haven't already, be sure to check out my latest free guide, how to write a killer case study, even if you don't have data. You can find it at casestudy.swpr-group.com. That's casestudy.swpr-group.com. On today's episode, we have an opportunity to talk with Kevin Hogan, who's the host of a new Market Scale podcast series called Remote Possibilities. On this show, he dives into the technology that is revolutionizing the education industry with educators, startups, and thought leaders providing compelling insights into the future of education technology. Kevin is also a longtime education reporter and is currently an editor-at-large with eSchool News. Kevin, it's so great to have you on Build Momentum. Thanks for joining us. Sarah, thanks for having me. This podcast stuff is uh, fun, right? It is so much fun. Yeah, it's a blast. So I know as an editor and with your new podcast, you have an interesting perspective that could really benefit our listeners. They're a group of education, nonprofits, schools, edtech startups, and think tanks. How do you recommend they should be thinking about promoting their organizations right now? Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just one of uh, a million different shifts that are occurring uh, during the pandemic here, I think. Uh, I've had a pretty violent change in the way that I cover education technology, used to being with the title uh, Tech and Learning, and now kind of out on my own, um, starting up the Remote Possibilities podcast uh, with the market scale folks. And I think that's kind of along the lines of what many companies need to start uh, thinking about doing themselves to the relationship between you know, titles, and in our case, in our little ed tech bubble, uh, you know, the four or five titles that are there, and start thinking about how they can be their own media channel. Um, and one glaring example of that outside of education right now is just this week, uh, when it comes to the fantastic Pfizer announcement that uh, at the beginning of the week, talking about the vaccine. Now, it was posted through the New York Times, I think that was the first publication to have it. But really, you just went right through to the press release. So you're no longer relying on the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or Forbes or whatever channel it is, cable news. I mean, it's it's really all about Pfizer and looking at their press release and the interviews and the interactions that the executives had on Twitter afterwards, right? So I, I'm going on here, but that is, uh, I would say, one of the one of the biggest things that I would suggest to your listeners that to think of themselves as a media channel. Mm-hmm. As content creators, I like to think about about it like content creation. Right. And it's not only just kind of the written word, it's not only that press release, but maybe it is a, a live conversation with the executive, uh, the CEO, or maybe the, you know, the, the marketing director, the product director, or maybe even it's even a customer. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that, that you're having a, a conversation with. Absolutely. They can tell the best. I love talking about how customers are the best advocates for your organization. They can tell your story better than you can ever tell your story. Absolutely. And, and you know, when you, when you talk about ed tech too, right? I mean, I've kind of watched this evolution of the press release where, you know, version 3.4 has come out and here are the different features and functions uh, that have been improved upon. People don't really care about those particulars anymore, but they want to hear about how a district, ha- uh, one of the beta tester districts has improved their literacy rates or have, have, have uh, you know, reduced the digital divide in their district or some other sort of holistic solution rather than the particulars of the technology. I had a conversation with an executive earlier in the spring where basically he said that the, the, the term ed tech itself is dead and we should just start talking about education. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yep. Especially right now, for sure. I also think people don't need to think that they have to have this powerful data. If they're going to share a story from a district, it can be anecdotal too. It can be this is our students are doing really well and teachers and students sharing those stories. It doesn't have to be efficacy data necessarily. Absolutely. And, you know, this year is the perfect example of that, where a lot of the companies and a lot of the data analytic companies I've spoken with and who have released reports just like they would do annually about, you know, improving literacy rates and, and using the data that way. But what they're talking about now is using the data to improve the social, emotional learning aspects of students. Uh, they're talking about how that you can use data to analyze how students are responding and look at it from a digital equity standpoint, you know, where the students are, are, are suffering. So it's, it's really not about the numbers. It's about what you do with the numbers. Yes. And I have an interruption for my two four-year-olds. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. I have four-year-old twins and then a six-year-old boy. So it is a busy time around here. Yes. You can just keep, you can just keep that in, keep it in. I mean, that's just so 2020. Know, make it real. Yeah. Keep it real. Keep yeah. it real. Totally agree with you on everything you just shared. But so, and let's shift gears a little bit here. But as an editor, because I know you spent most of your career as an editor before you've head, headed out on your own as a um, podcast host, do you have any perspectives you could share when submitting pitches or when my listeners are trying to get covered in the media? Do you have suggestions on how they uh, reach out to editors? Yeah, I would say it's just for me personally. It's really important to be specific and to be pitched directly to what the way in which I'm doing my reporting now. So, you know, this time last year, I I get a press release, you know, hey, Mr. Tech and Learning, you know, this this product just came out or, you know, this this district just purchased product from my company and I would probably cut and paste it and put it up on the website, you know, maybe follow up and give it to a writer who, and that would be one of three examples of a trend in ed tech. And that same press release would have gone to eSchool, you know, it would have gone to THE Journal or, you know, all the other titles in the spot, in the, in the space. And then if you went online and you searched around for it, like, boom, there it is. And eight different spots. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not looking for that anymore. When I get the email saying, hey, Kevin, for and I get two different pitches now, right? For my, my remote possibility side, as well as my eSchool news side. And the savvy PR folks out there are like, hey, listen to your podcast last week uh, with the CEO of company ABC. The CEO of company DEF would like to speak with you. And I'm like, sounds good. How's 
November 16th at 2 p.m. That, that makes my job easier when I'm lining up folks who are important. So instead of just getting the, the, the bland press release, just letting me know that they have access to the CEO, that's going to be a slam dunk. And uh, like, likewise, on the eSchool News side, saying, hey, I listened to your your interview because with that I'm I'm writing a Q and A in a traditional sense, but we're also um we're you know we're broadcasting it as well. It's a vlog, so you can watch it. And if you tell me, hey, you, you know, I watched that with District ABC, we have a tech director, superintendent from District DEF who wants to talk to you about you know their successes in the in the space. So just that specificity is is huge and will have great effect towards uh, make your job easier, right? make my life easier because that's what it's all really about, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Treating people like people. I talk about that in every podcast episode, but (laughs) make other people's lives easier and don't pitch blindly. That's not a good idea. Yep. Okay. And then, so you kind of touched on this, but some key elements of a successful pitch. Are there any other aspects of successful pitches you want to add? I think it's just knowing that the person who's sending it, even even if it's a cold pitch, understands what I'm doing and has done due diligence in terms of um, listening to past broadcasts or, or reading past articles. When you come in with a knowledge of that and you're already kind of honed in on, on what I'm looking for, that's that's a, a great key. I guess the other thing is, is to, to when a company that you represent has done a survey or who has done a data dump or who has looked at, at you know, their internal numbers and turn it around. I would appreciate that as an exclusive before it becomes a press release. Okay. Um, so I think that idea of exclusivity is still something, you know, the idea of the scoop. Yeah. It's still alive and well, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. That's great to know. Perfect. That's a good tip. And I know on your podcast, one of the themes you focus on is what today's ed tech leaders are doing to focus on the positive. I'm curious about what has been many of the answers that people have expressed, or is there a general theme in those responses that you could share with us? Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone that I've spoken with has had an attitude. And I think it, it comes from people who are leaders, uh, whether it's in the industry or it's within the, the, the school districts themselves. And it's a, it's a key aspect of being a leader is trying to find opportunity to progress even when you're in a, in a, in a state of chaos, right? Um, mm-hmm. That you're not necessarily, be, I mean, you have to be responsive, of course, but at the same time, you need to take steps um, to, to, to take advantage of the situation. Um, you know, from the industry side, um, you saw a lot of software companies, well, number one, um, you saw a lot of companies reach out and basically become customer service companies. Uh, and it was no longer about upselling a district or even selling to a district. Uh, it was about, uh, or even finding new customers. I mean, a lot of the company, uh, a lot of the CEOs I talked to, they, they shut down their sales. Um, and you didn't call, you didn't call a customer unless they called you first. Um, so I think that's something that because of the pandemic, um, you'll see, hopefully we'll see stay as, as a new dynamic. Um, a second thing is, is uh, a, a sense of empathy towards people uh, mm-hmm. that might not have necessarily been there before. Uh, that's another element that I hope will, will, will kind of stick around. Wouldn't that be nice, right? Right, right. <laughs> yep, I totally agree. And I, one of the clients I work with, they took that approach where they completely were not proactive. In fact, uh, we saw some 
digital curriculum providers doing proactive outreach and they were slaughtered for for that. I mean, it was not the time to start promoting yourself in the media or through sales. So we No, because it's just completely tone tone deaf, right? Tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then what about you? What are you focusing on right now that keeps your spirits up? Well, I really just kind of feed off of these conversations that I'm having to find that most importantly, it's the, the students of the districts who are reaching out and at least just trying to keep a connection with their kids. Maybe we're not, maybe there is a COVID loss. Maybe there's there's a, a learning loss. There's obviously some distressing news when it comes to, you know, 3 million students who have not really even reconnected with their with their districts. Uh, but what try to keep positive on is that there are some innovations that are happening. People are realizing, you, you hear a lot about Zoom fatigue and complaints about it. At the same time, there are some interesting realizations that when it comes to telemedicine, when it comes to using Zoom to have a, a guidance counseling chat or a mental wellness check, that this is a lot better than it was before. A couple of districts are saying they've never had better school board meetings than they ha- they've had in the past year because the dynamic has changed. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, going back to that sense of empathy, but number two is the technology gives a, a, a different power dynamic where people don't talk over each other um, and maybe things don't get as heated as, as they might when they were in person. So it's really kind of looking at all of these things, and especially now that um, hopefully we have a timetable here uh, to where uh, a vaccine can come in and things can get back to whatever that new normal is. Um, we can we can pull a lot of the best practices out of this chaos and make education even better. Yeah, I love that attitude. And I'm curious about your transition from being an editor to now being in the spotlight a bit more. What's your favorite part of this new role that you have? I guess the the, the my favorite part just goes back to those conversations. Um, you know, it's been really heartening. You know, I've been writing about education since um, almost last century. <laughs> At the danger mm-hmm. of uh, dating myself, and to watch the evolution of a lot of this different hardware and software and communications and bandwidth, and to listen to people now and to have those conversations with people to see it accelerate. I mean, it really is accelerating now. The research and development is accelerating. A lot of the things that you know we would talk about in theory are now becoming in practice. That's my favorite part. And I think as, I mean, I, I love to write. Uh, I love to read. But this this forum, this way of having conversation is something that there's a real value to it too, that I think not only complements writing and, and and the written word, whether it's in print or online, it, it, it's a little bit better. So I think that's that's what it is. I'm able to kind of keep the steady, steady stream of conversation going, which wouldn't have happened if I were writing these interviews up. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I definitely know what you mean. I think it's another element that just adds a lot more color or just a different color. It's just a different perspective and I love it. Yeah, I've become addicted. I mean, I really wasn't a, a podcast person uh, before I started doing them, but now that I, I listen to them, I think especially working from home too, um, you can quickly go down a rabbit hole. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm subscribed to many podcasts. I love listening to them when I work out. That's my favorite time to just uh, get away from my family for a minute and <laughs> take some time to listen to a show. Absolutely. Okay. And do you have any final advice that you've gleaned from either the leaders you've interviewed on the podcast or district leaders and this unique time in life that you could share with us? 
I would say, and especially if you're, you know, folks who are listening or representing their own organizations, like it's just to kind of think about your work and and you can celebrate the work without it being an infomercial, right? I mean, think about the ideas that are coming out. Think about the help that you're providing students and you can celebrate it and promote it and share those best practices. That's all we always really try to do at, at, at Tech and Learning and, and you know other titles in the space is what I'm trying to do now with the with the podcasts and uh, with eSchool is to share best practices, give other people ideas that can ultimate, ultimately um, help the kids. I mean, that's always been the joke cliche, right? Well, it's all about the kids, but it really is. <laughs> it's all about the kids. <laughs> yep, for sure. Oh, this has been so great. Kevin, where can our audience learn more about you? Well, uh, you can uh, if you Google Kevin Hogan and remote possibilities. Hopefully, I'll be at the top of that SEO chain. But that's on the market scale, uh, the market scale remote possibilities, and that's you can find those anywhere you find your other podcasts. And then I'm also uh, doing work with eSchool, so I have uh, a column that goes up every other week there, uh, which is also a, a vlog. So eSchool News, you can find my stuff there. And I'm also um, hosting events with those folks. So uh, you know, every every month or so, you can find conversations similar to this with those ed tech leaders. So eSchool News and Market Scale are my homes. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. This has been a fun conversation. I appreciate you dropping by to chat with us, Kevin. Sarah, thank you. It was a pleasure. And don't forget to grab my free guide to creating a killer case study. Even if you don't have data, we walk you through how to do that. Again, that's available at casestudy.swpr-group.com, casestudy.swpr-group.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and write us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you choose to listen to. We will be back with another episode of Build Momentum next week. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great one. Bye.